0: Everybody, welcome! This is another podcast about the Rangers, and it's unnamed currently. Uh, I'm your host, Jake alby and I'm gonna let into our Zoom call our buddy, Coach Connell McNeilis, in a second.
1: Yo, what up, buddy? What's up?
0: Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Um, well, I kind of did a sort of a little intro, but I'll just reintroduce you. It's Coach Connell McNeilis. Hopefully, we're gonna start a nice little, somewhat of a routine here. Talk about the team. Talk about the Rangers doing. Doing their thing, uh, no matter how much it may pain us. <laughs> and if you even want to talk, we could just talk Mets, honestly, because if we hey, it,
1: hey, look, I was watching some of the highlights today. I was at work, but uh, Jake looking great, Lindor, Alonzo, oh baby, I just need the Mets to be good. That's all I need in my life.
0: I, I it's just something, something, because you know, uh, rooting for this Rangers team has been a lot like rooting for the Mets over the past bunch of years. Oh. Like, loaded potential, right? And just uh, just finding new ways to lose. It's like getting kicked <clears throat> in the dick day after day after day nothing we're not used to
1: no at this point uh it's part of the routine it's part of the uh the the, the attitude and the culture i feel like at this point it's like it's just, you're going and expecting it's like yeah hey, what, what else are we gonna do today and, and yours is a uh a Mets fan a ranger fan and, and 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 in recent years a giants fan it's uh, it's been a lot of that for me so uh, at least i have a couple super bowls with the giants to hang my hat on
0: but yeah i'm in the same boat i think we're same fandom usually uh, people get kind of crossed up about yeah. this where it's like people always say yankees rangers and i'm like dude people underestimate the amount of ranger met fans there's there's like a crazy amount
1: yeah it really depends on where you're from so like you know my uh, this is this is a little sidetrack about my fans so my dad grew up in in yonkers new york um and his best friend growing up was uh jody mcdonald jody mack who's on the fan and once in a while so jody mack's dad worked for the mets for a long time so because of that my dad became kind of a mets fan when he probably could have been a yankees fan if he wanted to but uh would have saved me a lot more pain in my life I think if he had stuck with the Yankees but because of that I'm Mets Rangers and Giants and I'm a pseudo Knicks fan I've been watching some Knicks this year I'm not the biggest uh I watch the NBA in the playoffs I'm like the opposite of the entire country in which I watch hockey all year long and then jump on the NBA in the playoffs so the rest of the country does pretty much the opposite right um but I'm happy that I'm happy the Knicks are doing well hopefully they could uh Keep some mojo up, and uh, those Knicks fans are long. Thankfully, I don't care enough about the Knicks to let that bother me, because otherwise I'd be screwed completely. Be
0: out of our mind. We already got to deal <coughs> we have to deal with Will Pons.
1: Um New ownership, baby. We're, we're in good shape.
0: <sighs> hopefully, hopefully. This Flyer game, man. Uh, so it was kind of like which team wants it less, almost. But the Rangers probably still, at the end of the day, <laughs> should pull this out Um, again. Everybody's saying the same thing where it's like, you got to kind of grow with this team and, and we're watching, but uh, it it was this close. We were this
1: close. Yeah. That's like the, the, the entire season. I feel like right now it's like, we're this close, right? All these one goal losses, um, I believe there's something like, like, like four and 12 or four and 13 or one goal games. I mean, that's the season right there. I mean, if you go 500 in those games, we're in a playoff spot right now. So it's frustrating. I mean, I, I'm not sure what your expectations were going into this year, Jake. I mean, I was, you know, kind of like, look, I mean, if they, you know, made a run like they did kind of at the end of last year, again, I'd be happy, but um, I've been kind of, you know, looking at the future as far as, you know, their salary cap situation and the off season, like next year's really for me, like when it has to start, like for this team to be like, okay, this is nothing but ascending here. There's no more setbacks. And this year between COVID uh, the shortened season, um, you know, all that stuff. and, And it's just the injury bug that's just been destroying this team. It's been kind of just, up and down. So I'm frustrated in the sense that I'm a fan and I always want them to win, but I think you could see big picture and like, you know, there's certainly some promising things, but that's this whole season. You just said it's like right there. It's like another one goal game where they just can't pull it out. And, you know, a stat here, I I pulled out too. So, you know, uh, pretty much the entire month of March since March 5th, when, when Igor went down uh, this team's got the 29th worst five on five save percentage in the NHL, like call a spade a spade. You need a goalie to make a save once in a while. Uh, Georgiev hasn't been good. Uh, Kincaid, look, good for him. Good little story. His NHL career's is close to over, if not, like, you know, next year it wouldn't surprise me if he's played in Europe or something like that, you know. It's just – it is what it is. Or in a, two years, I guess, because I think they signed him to expose him for the uh, the draft here. But, you know, look, it's frustrating. Um and you realize how spoiled we were with Henrik forever. And, and, you know, I think Igor is, is going to push for that kind of vein of goaltender. Um, but this team just can't buy any luck. And, then, you know, we're finally healthy with the bread man and then Fox and Buchnevich are out of the lineup. So yeah. it's like, it's like, when's it going to end?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think the people that were are telling, uh, telling us everybody that Hank should be out of here is kind of the same as like Eli, when everybody's telling Eli to retire, I think it's the same kind of people that's, mm. it's not a really huge, uh, percentage of fans anyway uh i think most people do miss hank and we, we're suffering right now because of it uh kincaid you know it was interesting so i i caught the first period on the radio and i i was listening to don and uh we've, we've talked about how we love don on the radio before dave, don
1: this is great yeah or great. Uh, dave excuse me
0: dave dave uh, don maloney is in my head um, i do the
1: same thing i've done that <laughs> a million times so it's all good
0: you know what i'm thinking i'm thinking don lagreca that's why
1: oh there you go there you go
0: um but he, he was saying how uh, he was working, Kincaid was working with Benoit Allaire, um about staying farther back in the crease. Now, again, this is where, it, this is this is going to be a good podcast because I'm going to be the eye test guy more than anything. I have less playing experience. I played up until about age 15. Um, but, you know, feel free to drop your credentials at any point. You could, <laughs> I'm curious because, you know, I know you're coaching and playing um, at Syracuse, right? So um, it's it's just, int- like, it's, it, I find it super interesting. So uh, Maloney was saying, that Kincaid is playing further back noticeably in his crease that mm-hmm. um, that entire first period, they were getting spanked, but he looked kind of comfortable, but then I switched to TV. I watched the, the second and third period. And I think that ends up hurting him on a couple of those goals where he, he's kind of far back. I am forgetting which one, if it was the third or fourth one. Um, but it, it was just uh fascinating Don, Dave, Dave, and Don were criticizing uh, or were praising him rather for staying farther back in the crease. And then Joe, on the TV broadcast was saying he's too far back in the crease. So uh, it's just a little thing. That's funny, but uh, yeah, Georgiev has been, has been pretty bad. And I like him, man. I, I, it's like, if you asked me before the season, how much I like Georgiev, I would say a lot. I really like him. I I know there's no such thing as a a long-term backup. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that seemed to be the Rangers plan. I I don't really see why you get rid of Lundqvist with a year left uh, at this point.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, look, it definitely seemed like Hank just wanted a new change of scenery, which I think they respect him enough. And, you know, obviously he's already given an interview over in Sweden saying he's got a job lined up with the Rangers down the line and he'll basically become the new Adam Graves, you know, just, you know, fanfare and, you know, every uh, alumni and charity event. But, you know, with Georgiev, like, I think, you know, the mindset here is a little bit like, so like Igor is exempt. Uh, from the uh, expansion draft uh, given when he got called up and how that works. So they, you know, they have to protect the goalie. So Georgia was going to be able to get protected. Um, and, you know, I think they were still hoping to see who would duel it out here a little bit. Um You know, I'll give a shout out to uh, Rob Luker, who also writes for blue seat blogs. Um, you know, he does a great job of the analytics stuff, and he was you – know, I don't remember the exact data points, but he was talking about, like, you know, dating back to, you know, the end of last season as Georgiev kind of started slipping off in his five-on-five play. And that's where you really look at a goaltender because special teams are kind of a crapshoot, right? PK, obviously there's going to be more chances – uh, and then, you know, shorthanded uh, situations are usually going to be odd man rough chances that they are. So, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely dropped off. And, you know, I saw Quinn's comments today and I'd agree with him. It definitely just seems kind of like a mental thing for him right now. Like he just seems like he can't get out of his own way and he gets up, lets up that one bad goal. And then all of a sudden it's like. Uh, you know, a snowball effect, so to speak. Uh, interesting with the concave stuff. I, I would have to like check out the video to see that. I mean, that's, you know, Benoit's style is, you know, that deep and Lundquist did his entire career. The, 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 advantage to that is you have more time to react. Um, the disadvantage to that is if you screw up, it's probably going to get in your net rather than if you screw up and you're a little bit farther out, maybe you have the benefit of the doubt of the puck deflecting over the net or off the crossbar or something instead of in the net. So look right now when this team is healthy uh, I think you can see how lethal they can be um, consistency and the fact that they're the youngest team in the NHL is 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 an issue uh, it, it's not an issue in the sense that you know this is a big picture kind of thing but it's like you could see that okay this is a young team this is a team that struggles to kind of overcome some adversity once in a while and, and kind of needs to figure out how to put it together for five six seven eight games in a row and you know You don't need to go, you don't need 20, you know, 12 game win streaks, 10 game win streaks to be successful, but you know, seven out of three, six out of, you know, six and four, you know, winning, winning in those 10 game stretches is really what the best teams in the league do. And, and right now they're essentially a 500 team because they've just been trading wins and losses. I mean, that's what they've been doing for pretty much since the slow start. It's been win loss, win loss for the rest of the way. Yeah,
0: and you can you can argue too that uh, I mean it's a step back in the standings, of course. But if you look at their frigging defense this year, man, I mean, it's, so much. It's, it's it's night and day difference. I mean, yeah. Adam Fox is Adam Fox, and and we hope he's here for 15 years at least. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's you can even argue that it's not even a step back. It's kind of I I feel like you're right. It's it more along the lines of what we expected uh, from the team this year, you know, aside from losing in the fashions they have, but.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, it's frustrating, but like, I I really feel that, you know, they're going to have like close to like 25 million off the books this summer between, you know, buyout stuff, expiring contracts, all that, yada, yada, yada. So a chance to make some splashes, um, a chance to, you know, guys like Lindgren is an RFA this summer. Uh, I believe Igor's contract's up. So, you know, signing like, you know, and obviously Buchnevich, what they do with him, we can touch on that in a little bit. But, um, you know, a chance to kind of lock up some guys, you know, before they really take that big next step. And I think and even though, you know, with the financial losses of the league this year due to COVID and the salary cap staying stagnant for at least another a few years here, the Rangers are one of the few teams who probably aren't really hurt from that because they always have the deep pockets. They have the money to spend, mm-hmm. and so you know, locking up Lindgren to you know four or five years, and, and maybe Igor to six or so, um, would just probably be the smart move here before their stocks go up farther. And then Fox in another summer here is uh, is going to get the bag. So uh, yeah. you know, he deserves all that money and, and some. So uh, I think overall it's an i'm optimistic still going forward i'm not overly frustrated but you know also it's a sense of many you'd love to see this team get some playoff experience and like i said if you know they just win three or four more of those one goal games they're right in the mix of the playoffs at this point uh in the standings what are they seven points out here i'm bringing it up right now so i mean in theory they're yeah, six points out behind the Bruins, um, and it just uh, that just seems like a lot, especially with the Flyers in the way too. I'm just not sure it's it's realistic going forward here. Yeah, let's
0: let's talk about this Flyer game. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll also I I believe that the Flyers are are a fake good team, but we can get to that later.
1: Oh yeah, let's go. I'm all in. <laughs> any any chance to shit on AV? I'm all in. So I, love I,
0: love I love it. I love it. Some good looks. I mean, that was a, another AV game though, right? Like it was,
1: classic just, AV game. Just classic
0: fourth. You know, not a lot of. Uh, similar to all the other games that we saw for so many years. I mean, yeah, get get give up a ton of shots. A lot of, uh, well, I don't know. Would you, would you say North South hockey?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, get an early lead, sit back, blow the lead, get a couple benefit of the doubt power play calls and high shooting percentage that helps you. And uh, you know, that was like, especially towards, towards the end of his tenure, that seems like that was uh, the recipe for success for him. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, the game was frustrating. I mean, uh, you know, those two early goals are tough and I, I'm, I'm happy they, you know, responded the way they did. Um, Cause I think we've seen them, like you look at like the Boston game over the weekend or, or last week when they got blown out and, you know, they went down kind of early and they just seemed to be like, okay, we're not winning this game. So I was happy to see the, the resolve there and the fight back. Um, but look, I mean, they, the flyers, you know, got a little bit of benefit. I mean, so uh, the big one I want to touch on, I believe they changed the rule this year. It was the review of the high sticking penalty.
0: I'm glad you brought this up because I, I, it, I have in all caps right here, just talking about two plays, but particularly this one. Yeah. Uh, I'd never seen that. You you tell me if you'd ever seen something uh, yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: I, I I I think I think they changed the rule this year that allowed that, but I thought like there had to be at least some. I, I didn't think you could review anything. Like I thought there at least had to be a call on the ice and then you could review it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can't, you know, uh, you know, you, you can't necessarily challenge, you know, whatever. Um, like it's gotta be a goal or whatever it is for the challenge and vice versa. But yeah, to me, I thought they're like, you know, they call the penalty and then say, Hey, we're reviewing it to make sure we got it right. I would have been okay with that, but I, I, it was kind of a weird sequence. I mean, look, obviously he got him, um, But I, I don't know. It was just kind of a weird play. I, I hadn't seen that, but I think, if my memory serves correct, I remember reading they changed that rule this past year, um, that, they, that they expanded that review if like the refs, you know, I think it had to be for like a double minor scenario or because it's for like they can review majors, you know, like for like hit to the head stuff, uh, like, you know, like they do in like the NFL and college football with like targeting penalties um so i think it's because it was a double minor and he was bleeding they were able to review it but we talked about like that happened uh, against the sabers with lafreniere when he was bleeding and they and like he was, yeah. and it was the same exact thing they didn't review it so i really honestly i don't know it was kind of uh it was kind of weird i was a little surprised how that went
0: yeah do you think well when they blew the play dead was he it was because he was down on the ice yeah or- i
1: think it was because the flyers got the puck and he was down on the ice still
0: okay Cause uh, yeah, it was interesting. You know, it was funny. They, they panned a goatee on the bench and he's just like hoping they wouldn't do anything. And he's just sitting there like, what? No, me. Uh, poor guy. He had a, a, a couple ups and downs in that game uh, to say the least. But, yeah. Uh, that's kind of been about about so far. him.
1: I, I, look, I was saying this uh, to some friends and as someone who, you know, scouts players for a living uh, he's like a sexy player in the sense that he's, you know, he's big, he's fast. Um, he's got a good shot, so like eye test wise, like he looks the part, right? He looks like a pro- power forward, a guy who's going to be able to get to the net and and, and do all that stuff. Um, I, I think he probably lacks in the hockey IQ department. Um, doesn't seem like the brightest tool or sharpest tool in the shed, so to speak. But look, you saw that goal last night, and you're like, holy crap! Like you know, busting wide, power move, lower the shoulder, get separation, uh, and then you know, look, the high stick's kind of misfortunate there. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Look, it's like this Ranger team. He needs to find consistency. I mean, that's the epitome of this Ranger team right now is finding consistency. Uh, and he's a guy who just needs to, to put it together a little bit more. Um, and, you know, you know and he's been scratched a few times and probably rightfully so. I mean, I'd like to see him get his chance, but he hasn't necessarily done a lot to, to prove that. So uh, I, I like him. Uh, I just, uh, you know, long term i'm not sure what the uh the results are how they're gonna add up but uh, you know he's but he's 23 so still young but it's not like he's 19 20 so you know uh, you'd see how the next year go i'd like to see him be on the team come next year and look if he got a full season 82 games where he plays let's say 70 he doesn't put it together i guess you would time to move on after that but
0: yeah especially since we got Krafts off coming in
1: exactly We're
0: breathing down everybody's necks uh for the time being right The mm-hmm. locker <laughs> room probably
1: just got a whole more tense yeah i mean there's uh look the rangers set themselves up though to, i think to to make some splashes in the trade market come the offseason here um you know they got the depth at wing you know they they won the lottery obviously with loft and kako and you got crops you know i think uh I think they'll be in play to, you know, they had the luxury to to be able to sacrifice a guy for two. And, and, and uh, you know, as Buffalo continues to just n- not even be a functional franchise, uh, you know, push that Jack <laughs> Eichel train.
0: Yeah. Let's see what the score is. Two, one. Two buff-
1: one? Oh, Buffalo is actually scoring goals. Look it, at that.
0: Dude, it's two to one. Uh, yeah, it's halfway through the game. So yeah, there's plenty of time. time left.
1: Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Yeah, exactly.
0: I did see Taylor Hall get hit in the face before I was like, Oh my oh.
1: gosh, I know. I know. And, and um, that poor guy in Russia, uh, passed away today too who got hit in the head that 19 year old uh yeah you you always get worried when guys get hit in the head with pucks and you never know because sometimes you sometimes you see him get hit really hard and nothing happens and then sometimes it's just kind of a fluke play and it's super serious so it just depends on the spot yeah taylor hall man he he's what an interesting choice to go to buffalo to begin with and now like uh, you wonder what his offseason looked like i know he was trying to hopefully get the the big contract and it's just I don't know if it'll ever work out in that case, you know, he might have to take another one year deal and try to build his stock back up.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure kind of doing that move didn't get him the best reputation amongst maybe other GMs. No.
1: <laughs> look, get, get your bag, man. I'm not yeah. going to ever, you know, shit on somebody for that, but you know, Buffalo, I don't know if it, he said he wanted to win. And I'm not sure if I would pick Buffalo as the place I wanted, wanted to win. Um, you know, look, he got, 8 million. So I'm not going to, I get it. You don't want to turn that down, but we'll see if he gets traded, I guess. Um, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, something we could talk about a little bit here. I know we brought up to, um, you know, kind of just some, some player grades going into you know, where we're at right now, about halfway point, we're just kind of talking biggest surprises. So what about you? What is, who's your, I'd say positive and then negative biggest uh, surprises of the 2020, 21 uh, Ranger season so far?
0: That's a good question. Uh, well, the, you know, there's there's the a couple obvious answers, but I, I'll I'll pick one of the obvious answers. I mean, Colin Blackwell. Yeah, man, he's
1: awesome <laughs> on the
0: second line with Strowman Panarin. So, you know, I don't I don't know if you could say that. You could say Kevin Rooney, who's who's probably been a little more consistent, perhaps. But uh, I, I guess for me, it's it's got to be Colin Blackwell. The dude, uh, he's defensively responsible, which is something that we don't have a ton of uh, on the forward right now, besides. You know, Bushnevich is good, Zabanajad. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, uh, you know, Rooney's good. But I, I guess ultimately, yeah, you gotta go Blackwell. Uh well, I don't know. You could say Miller, you, you that, I would my, be the my, other
1: one. Miller and Blackwell were my two, like right there. I think Blackwell's the answer. Uh i thought Miller had a poor game last night, but overall he's been very good. I, I didn't expect him to be yes, an end. Yeah. impact. I thought he would uh you know, probably need a year in the AHL. And there's nothing wrong with that, uh, especially as a young defenseman, which is usually a little bit harder to adjust than maybe a forward of sorts. Um, but yeah, no, Blackwell's been great, man. And like, you know, you talk about like big picture, like you need guys like that who are like, you know, maybe not quite a top six, but like a top nine who could slide up here and there. And like, you know, if, if, if they could, you know, he's 27, he's kind of taken some time breaking into the league over the last couple of years, but you know, his, his metrics are pretty good. He generates, um, you know, scoring chances. He's got a heavy shot. He's not a big boy, but he's got a heavy shot. He could snap that thing. Um, you know, he's a guy hopefully that uh, you know, could kind of be a, a nice little, like, you know, third line winger who could also pop in some points on the line i think you got to be uh really thrilled with him and i think yeah i think miller would be probably the other candidate there um as far as just you know what he's done coming into a spot where you know the team desperately needed a defenseman to kind of step up and i think for the most part he's uh he's been there uh and been their guy i think he's been great
0: yeah. Colin Blackwell has, has re- he's super energetic. What I like about it. Yeah. Is he's yeah. He's just, he's going, you know, he's giving it 110% because he, he's playing for a lineup spot. Uh, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So he's got, he's got a know. good attitude. He seems like a happy guy. Like, you know, that's someone you like to have around. So you talk about like building a culture and building an environment, you know, he's a, you know, he's 27, you know, going on 28. So he's a veteran in a different way. And he's a veteran who's had to work for his a- NHL spot. You know, he was in the minors and played in college. So I- I'm happy for the guy. And uh, I think he just seems like a good guy to have around. And I think, you know, sometimes you take for granted, you know, when you get these high end guys, whether it's, you know, for us, Lof and Kako or, you know, young guys like Jack Eichel coming into the league and they tear it apart at 18 and 19. Well, look, some guys take longer to develop and, you know, there's some merit to a guy like Blackwell who grinded it out in the minors and kind of worked his way up. I'm happy for the guy. He seems like uh, – he gave that interview a few weeks ago when they were talking to him, and he was like, look, this is probably my last shot, like, if I'm going to make an NHL career. And I'm like, good for you, man. That's awesome. So got to be happy for him there. Uh, biggest disappointments, I think there's a pretty obvious answer you wanna here. want to say at the same time? Wait. Uh, yeah, three. three, two, one. Oh! <laughs> okay, okay, all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no, that's the right answer. You're the right answer. I just wanted. I just thought we were thinking the same thing there. Oh uh,
1: man, yeah. No, is it He's advantage. Advantage. He, he's, he's gotten it better uh, going forward here. Um, you know, he's been better recently. But you know, look, man. Um, when you're banking on, on a guy, look, I I don't necessarily know if Mika Zavanajad is going to be a, you know consistent forty goal scorer after last season every year. But you know back-to-back years north of 70 points, 30 goals, like, you know, that's something you're kind of building on. And, like, for him to tend to take this step back, I, I think it's – I think pretty obviously the COVID had an impact on him, um, you know, and we'll, we'll continue to see the long-term impacts that it could have on, on some players here going forward. But he's been better lately. Um, but, uh, you know, he uh, – I think overall it's been disappointing uh, from, from him his perspective. Um, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I mean, he definitely classic NHL, right. They're not going to tell you anything affects them ever. No, of
1: more. course. Of course. But,
0: uh, I, I don't know. That to me, that's, that's pretty um, inarguable is that it, it had to have had some, some kind of uh, effect. I mean, it makes sense. It's your lungs. It's cardio. It's gets. Yeah, exactly. A- it reminds me of that season Richards had um, when he got, he had the flu in preseason and, and he couldn't, he wasn't ready in time or he played the first game, but he had no training camp and he had a whole yeah, 12, year.
1: 13. Yeah. that 12, 13 year after a good 11, 12 year. So it was the lockout. And then yeah, he got sick and missed like all of training camp and, you know, look, I mean, i going through Mika stats here, you know, 74 points two years ago and then 75 and 57 last year. That's insane. Um, and look, you know, talk about shooting uh, percentage, um, you know, he had a 19.7 shooting percentage last year. So like one out of every yeah. five shots he was taking was going in. That's not sustainable, but look, awesome. he's been around, you know, you know, he's a career 12.4 guy, Um, you know, and in his career as a Ranger he is 13.5, uh, you know, this year he's at, 3.9. Like, it's wow. just like he's gotten no luck. Uh, something that was brought up to me I uh, I used to work for ClearSight Analytics, which is Steve cats analytics company, and I did some tracking for them. Uh, John Healy is uh, Valley's right hand man who runs that. So, shout out John Healy. Uh, we're always messaging back and forth, just talking stats and whatnot. And uh, he was talking to me about uh, Mika's stick length. And now, this has been an interesting conversation. He sent some videos to me um, about Mika's stick length. Now, talking about, you know, when you, when you're taking a shot, you know, really like what you try to preach, right. Is if you can have your shoulders pointed towards the goal, right. In between the post, you're going to put the puck on net Like it doesn't matter where you are. If you could adjust your shoulders. And so when you have a longer stick and a different lie, it can kind of adjust and pull you up and things like that. And going back to last year and previous years, I've gone through some video. Look, I'm not sure I can confirm it, but it, to me, it looks like he's using a longer stick. Um, now, that could just be, you know, I test stuff and I'm trying to see and I was comparing stuff. I was actually, you put up uh, I was just torturing myself the other night. You put up the rest of the 18, 19 season for every yeah. Ranger goal. And yeah. I was just watching this um, fun fact for years. I've said the only Ranger hat trick I've seen in person was Brad Richards. Actually eight, four win in Buffalo in 2013. Uh, I went to Syracuse. So I'd you'll usually go when the Rangers are playing in Buffalo. Brad Richards, only career hat trick. I was watching the other day and I was at this game. I didn't realize Jimmy Vesey had a hat trick for the Rangers and I was actually there for it, but it was oh. such a forgetful win in March of 2019 when the Rangers were, you know, selling everybody off. And I actually forgot. So I guess I've seen two hat tricks. I just didn't remember it. Um, but yeah, talking about stick length. You know, I- I'm not sure if he's adjusted it and players are always playing with that stuff, you know, and that's the benefit of being an NHL player. You can get a billion sticks to fool around with, but I wonder if that's something and you've seen it a few times this year, actually, where he's actually like gone for a one time and he's choked up. Like his hand has not been on the top of the stick and like you're choking up like he's going for a bunt. Um, I've always used a longer stick. Obviously I didn't play in the NHL, but I like using a longer stick, but I was a defenseman too. So like, it was kind of like lacrosse. You know, you usually use a longer stick just for that. If you're taking one timers all the time, a longer stick with a changing of a lie could be a lot. So maybe that's something with him. I don't know. Um, that's something you'd, Hey, he'd have to confirm himself, but, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I uh, hope he's healthy and, you know, it adds a wrench into what the future for the Rangers is given that his contract's up next year.
0: Yeah. And, and I think, I believe Ryan and, and Greg said this on, uh, the blue shirts breakaway yeah, podcast. Yeah. I think, I think we, um, we actually have more questions after this season than answers. Like we, you have, know, you're probably have, right. You're you know? probably right. So it, it's it, we'll, we'll see, I, but something like that is is so interesting because he's not even really taking the one timers like the last bunch of games. He's just he's either he's doing moved. The, yeah, yeah. They're moving him around, and he's just kind of like tapping it a little more. I mean, w- what could that be? It's got to be mental, but w- how does your coordination just I don't know change? Like, dude, that was a, a g- almost a guarantee for the past bunch of seasons. I mean, I, I can think of now with his first couple of seasons, whatever the home opener against the Avs were. Um couple couple years yeah, back. Yeah, that was
1: 17 Yeah, 17. yeah. yeah. Races, uh,
0: and power play goals. And the power play sucks this year. And and he's part of the reason. But um you just gotta wonder, like, why can't he translate that? Um
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know, like I said, we talked about the COVID stuff. But yeah, I mean, look at his last few years. I mean, that first you know, full year in New York 16, 17. He was hurt for a while, but he still had 37 points, 14 goals, and 56 games. You know, going back to the past three years, I mean, 27 goals in 72 games, 30 and 82, and then 41 and 57, which is obviously unsustainable for anybody not named probably Alex Ovechkin. Um, But, you know, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, and I think at this point, I think COVID was the early physical um, barrier for him kind of getting his legs back and we know that has impacts on, on lungs and, and, and all that stuff. Now, I think half of it, it's gotta be mental. Like when you're like, look, he's, he's a guy who's, you know, one of the basically, you know, two, three, like captains of the team, so to speak, like him and Kreider are kind of the two guys we've talked about over the last few years to be the captains. Um, And there's a lot of pressure and expectations. And, you know, when things don't start going right, and it just seems like it's never going right for you, I mean, that certainly wears on you. Um, And for a guy who is really a, truly a sniper, like that's what he is. He's got an unreal shot. He is a sniper. We
0: were were saying a year ago, we were literally like the Rangers now, which we didn't even have one for, for years of a playoff run. We were saying that he was elite. We were like, the Rangers have two elite superstars on their team now. I know. And and now they, you know, they might trade him in the season. Who knows? You know, it's,
1: it's something to consider, um, you know, you know, Look, I'll say this: they have time. I don't think you need to make a decision on Mika this year, uh, unless, look, unless a Jack Eichel trade came and that was, you know, the kicker or something along those lines, and, and you know, and that was involved. That's okay. But you know, his contract's up at to the end of next year. He's obviously going to be protected in the expansion draft. Um, so look, you assuming that he doesn't get moved here, like I said, I really the only way I could see him being moved if it was for a, a Jack Eichel or a Barkoff, or if there was some blockbuster trade, right? You know, he comes back next year, he gets a full camp. He's got a full summer to, to properly train and, and, you know, things are returning to normal with vaccinations and all that stuff you have until, you know, halfway next year. And then January one next year, you could, that's when you could you know, announce a new extension for expiring contracts. You see what you have. And, um, you know, look, it, it could be a decision where, you know, if they're, you know, have a chance to make a playoff run. They might just ride that contract out. Um, you know, if he's playing better, maybe they just sign him to an extension, you know, they have time with him. I think that's the thing. And, and I, I think this season is kind of a fluke. Um, I don't think he's nearly this bad um, no now, way. but, but it does no make way. you think does, does it does make you think is he as good as he was last year? You know what I mean? So is it somewhere in between? Is it a little bit close? I think it's somewhere close. I don't think he's going to score 50 goals but there's no reason he should not be a 35 35 guy basically 70 points 75 points a year right. um i think that could be where he gets back to so for me i'm waiting and seeing with mika um he's too good of a player and also an easy guy to root for he seems like a very genuine guy yeah um seems like a good guy he's done a lot you know there's that commercial with uh, the hockey quality month for you know women's hockey he seems like a good dude so yeah. i hope he gets it together but uh can't not be disappointed
0: yeah yeah definitely he's got to be the biggest disappointment so so going back to what i was gonna say uh <laughs> we can we can talk about this we'll transition from yeah. from brett howden into david quinn and then further down the line but yes uh brett howden so okay <laughs> he's oh. listen i i first of all they should have a press conference and, and answer once and for all is brett howden david quinn's son <laughs> because I think there's a little bit of resemblance there. I think they kind of I-
1: look alike. They kind of got that, like that, like like the, the very light blue eyes, and yeah. I could see it. I could see yeah, it. Okay, just, just a little.
0: I mean, he, he's only scratched in one game, so yeah. I, yeah, I
1: don't know.
0: But uh, no, and I don't I don't ever want to hate on players. I never want. I don't to like to either. Teams.
1: But like, you got to call it what it is, right? I think I think the things you know, with fans, and like I said, even from my position, where like this is what I do for a living, like you got to be realistic about. What's going on, and and if you know guys are struggling, you got to call it out. Like call it what it is. And he's been he's not just been struggling; he's awful.
0: But the but people around the league and the management and even even uh, <laughs> the disgraced Tony D'Angelo over the <laughs> summer he he had a quote. Uh, there was some Q and A episode. I was I was watching because I was curious. It was Q and A Q&A episode, a bunch of questions, and um, he was talking about the locker room and basically. Uh, I don't know what the question was. It was something asking about Brett Howden, but he, he basically said uh, the people, these people online are crazy. Like management loves him. Like the team loves him. You know, I don't get why he gets so much hate. He's a hardworking kid, like yada, yada, yada. Um, And that's, you know, on his unfiltered podcast. So I, I, that just kind of made me think I was like, why, what exactly do they see? I would love to know just in-depth analysis, like what he does versus you know I don't know Kevin Rooney's been the yeah. better consistent fourth line center.
1: Absolutely yes. Uh, um
0: how's his how are his faceoffs? Is he getting whooped?
1: Uh yeah, I'm not even sure. Uh I'm gonna hear let's go on I'm gonna hockey Because
0: that'll be probably pretty telling too.
1: Yeah uh, look I mean like especially if you're looking at a guy like who they think is just like you know Uh, a good PK, good defensively, like things of all of that nature. Like, and if he's getting whipped in those departments, like, uh, you know, (laughs) what's what's he even good for? I mean, look, man, he, um, he's just from everything I could see from skating to everything. He's just like not an NHL caliber player. He's 48% on face off. So less than 50%.
0: Um, Now for a young player, where, where does that, where would you put that? I guess young, you know, young, he's young, but I mean, you know. whatever is fine. Doing... I
1: mean, I mean, face-offs are like, you know, they're probably not as important as we once thought they were truly the result of the face-off after it. Um, look, he, his skating is it's actually like I said this the other day, I was talking, I was in a group text with some friends and like, he was a first round pick. And you know, like, sometimes you like, you see a first round pick and you're like, here's a good example. Right. Benoit Pouliot was a first round pick. Right um a guy who never quite put it together but once in a while you'd see it and you'd be like man what a shot oh my god that guy is hands no wonder he was a first round pick right like You'd, yeah. you'd see that, that once in a while and that that
0: has to be Benoit Pouliat's motto like oh yeah <laughs> it has to be the perfect way to describe yeah, exactly
1: but even a guy like you know Derek Brassard was a first round pick and he didn't put it quite together but you know obviously became a very good ranger i you know and I love Brassard but like you know, can see his hands you see him do something like players like that who maybe don't quite live up to like the, the first round potential but like oh yeah like you know his skating is really strong or whatever Brett Howden, I don't see that ever. I'm never like, oh, this guy. You know what? He's got a hell of a shot. That's why he was a first round pick. This guy, look at his skating. He can't do shit. And like, he's he's slow. Uh, He reads the game terribly. Uh, he's got no he, hands. He's got no hands. Yeah. Um. Look, and it sucks because that was a guy who was involved in the Ryan McDonough trade, and, and Jeff Gordon's done a lot of good things. That trade looks worse and worse by the day. Um. <laughs> that was that looks like a giant swing and a miss. I and mean, when you consider like how the other trades worked out, uh, really the only thing that could be good saving grace is. The, the 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 Niles Lunquist pick was used with that first round pick. So if, if he turns out to be something, at least that'll save it a little bit. Uh, but when you think about giving up McDonough and JT Miller, and like and and Hayek and Howden were the two guys they like had to have, you know? that's, uh, yeah. that's not and,
0: and there's no surgachev like at the, t- we're at the no, time we're talking no, about the top talking about somebody else too, I forget.
1: Yeah, but like it's uh it's disappointing. And you know, that's a guy like, okay, like, you know, they, they brought him up when that first year and he was okay, but like he's clearly a guy like who probably would have benefited from AHL time. And once again, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like not everybody's going to turn into a first line superstar. Like, you know, look at those red wing teams for years um, with like, you know, Zetterberg and Holmstrom, all those guys, they played like a hundred plus games in the AHL. They would let these guys develop and then they'd bring them up. And look, you could it's a bit more benefit of the doubt when maybe you're a good team, like those early two thousands red wings teams had, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with like letting a guy develop and um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, like you said, I'd love to know. I'd love to be in the room. I don't know like what it is. They see that they consistently think he needs to be here. I mean.
0: Right. And uh, the fact that he has no NHL game or AHL games rather. right? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> zero? It's zero, literally zero. He's, he's only been in the NHL. He's never been in the, in the, in the, uh, the AHL. So it's That's kind enough. of uh it's kind of bananas like it really is that's a good way to put it I I don't
0: because of the trade right I mean just to try to see if it works just play them until something happens or or what they love them they must love them
1: they must they must love them and I guess like because look I mean they haven't been like overly competitive the last few years so it's like I might as well just put him in the NHL but if the guy's just getting shelled that also doesn't do any good for him either right I mean he's You know, yeah, I played 66 games the first year. That was his best year. Then last year, and this year, he's got three assists in 26 games. That was the last
0: time I saw Howden goal. I was editing those older – you Know it's that gap where yeah. it went there, and I was like, Oh, Brett Howden goals. How oh, yeah. look at that?
1: That. Amazing. I'm really,
0: really, 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 really rooting for the goal this season. I want to see it not uh, against him personally, but I, I do want it <laughs> to see a nice zero stat line. Not Just since maybe Daryl Powell. Have we gotten a zero goal? Daryl Powell score? has zero
1: goals, yeah, that's right. I remember Daryl Powell having zero. Did um, anybody
0: else, yeah, anybody have zero goals? Anybody
1: like who really glass three who played like a substantial, like maybe over half the games. I don't remember. Even Tanner Glass got a few. (laughs) It, uh, oh,
0: did Brashear score
1: any? It's a good question. Brashear didn't play that much. He was like out of the lineup. Like I'm going to say Donald Brashear. I'm not even sure he played 50 games for the Rangers, but, um, you know, I, I'm not sure. Although I yeah. know you wanted to bring it up and it said it's something. Speaking of Don brush we had uh, talked a little bit about Derek Bugard. You read uh, Sean Avery's book recently. Is that correct?
0: I did. So I have it right here. It's called okay. ice capades. I have my, uh, I have my notes and I have my little uh, excerpts. I want to read. Cause it, it actually uh, it brings, brings up the question of coaching and kind of the culture in the NHL. Um, it's, it's kind of classic Tortorella stuff through the Avery lens, of course. So, i guess take it with a grain of salt but i I think this is something that's really interesting that isn't really talked about uh just being a player um being coached by john tortorella i just thought this was interesting and something that i had never heard previous to uh reading this book
1: yeah but bring out what i said i I haven't got a chance to read it yet but obviously avery is an interesting character and so is tortorella in his own right so um yeah, it's definitely something I got to look into, but I know you wanted to bring up a few points and we'll kind of use that to kind of spin off and uh, and then go from there.
0: It basically, and it relates to the Rangers because it's all during this era. I yeah, highlighted yeah. it for us because we would have loved to have seen behind the scenes what oh, what man. the players were thinking because uh, this, this season is not that long ago. So it this kind of picks up right after they lose game seven against the Caps um, and it's this summertime time. Uh this the summer after it. So I'm not sh- quite sure what year it is. Oh
1: oh eight oh nine is when they lost to the caps. Yeah. So Avery, they traded for Avery at the oh seven deadline. Um so and then oh eight oh nine, right. this that's when he signed with Dallas and then got put on waivers and whatnot. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, he
0: talks about all that, how he he signed with Dallas and he had he had no intention of staying pretty much the whole time. But that's uh, nonetheless, so Tortorella. So this this is Sean Avery on John Tortorella. Um his quote, I got a couple, but this one is funny. So he says Torts has a reputation for being a hard ass, but if you but not if you know him as a player. We used to laugh at him all the time. There was always someone in the dressing room who wanted to take their skate and decapitate him or take their stick, sk- take their stick and whack him over the head with it. Marion Gabrick despised him with every bone in his body. Yeah, yeah. Even Hank and even Keeled Swede, who is usually in his own worlds, thought in his own world, thought Tortorella was a terrible manager of pro athletes. So that's one, (laughs) that's one time he takes a shot at him. Another one, Uh, he says, Tortorella was a guy who coached a tie and hoped that Hank would be the difference in goal. Uh, We all hated it. And even a guy like Ryan Callahan who flourished under Tortorella hated it because his body was falling apart under his regime. He'd make guys block 20 shots a night and then do it again the very next day. There are days now where I look back and think I should have walked into Glenn Sather's office and said, let me get out of here and I could save us a lot of headaches because I could see the future. And I also had this hope that I could cha- change Torello's mind. He's talking about, uh, he, he does say in this book, I, I looking back, I don't know if I remember it. I mean, he does, he did play well when he was in the lineup and they, they had a great record with him in the lineup. So I did they there, but it's also, uh, it seems like in his eyes that the better he played that, you know, torts was scratching him. Um, but no, okay. So last thing I'll share too. And, and this is along the lines of boogeyman. Cause, uh, this is something that was, it seemed to be more swept under the rug uh, by the NHL and by the Rangers. Um, something I wish there was kind of a little more transparency on. I, ju- I just watched a documentary. What was it called? It's on YouTube. I paid a dollar for it. Um, I don't know if it's Ice Guardians. I don't know if Oh, that's yeah, something. Ice Guardians.
1: Yeah, yeah, I watched that. That was really good. And like, I think
0: that's the right one.
1: Yeah, I think it's Ice Guardians or The Last Gladiators is another one too. But, you know, just kind of given the insight of like that last little, that last, like, because was like, that was the last era of like the big time enforcers, like the big, like, you know, big heavyweights, so to speak. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's sad when you think about it. I mean, gosh, it's going to be closing in on 10 years since Bugar's passed too. So. Yeah. And, and that's
0: unbelievable. And and his last year of his life uh, is really kind of explicitly detailed in this book where uh he was, he was really addicted to pain, kill, uh, pain pills. And we knew that, um, but the thing was, is that he, he didn't even seem like he was in his right mind this entire time he was on the team. Sean Avery talks about how he was one of the only people that would talk to him because when he went out with an injury, there was this new protocol um, where I forget, before you were fully healthy, you couldn't actually work do workout and conditioning like with the team. I don't know why, um, but he had to be up at 5 a.m. before every, anybody else yeah, got Yeah, something there.
1: along those lines.
0: Yeah, and, they, and they would, he would basically not see the team that entire second half of the season. They just isolated him away from everybody else and sent him home. And, uh, you know, that just ultimately made his problems worse. But the sad thing is this, and, and I don't think this was uh, nearly detailed enough is that Sean said, uh, only six players initially, um, were on the team flight to go to his funeral. um, and, and that actually, for him, what the last straw um, on Tortorella was, because this entire book, he basically, playing for him, he basically says, um, even if I don't like him, you know, I've, I've had coaches I don't like before. Uh, I was, I'm still going to try uh, my hardest, like anybody would. But he said his last straw was, uh, was with Tortorella when he didn't go to the um, funeral for Bougard. And, and how unheard of that was, at least he made it seem. Uh, and so he he called uh, Sather, I believe, and and he made the rest of the team go. And he even said that some of the players, like w- some of the players, went to the funeral and then, they, but they were still partying that night or something. There, there was a whole whole bunch of partying stories in this book, um, as you could imagine. The, the good ones spanning from his, early in his career, where he was a part of those. Um, I believe it was the last Red Wings Cup.
1: Yeah, 0-2. That's when he came up. So. Six Hall
0: of Famers. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's hanging out with six Hall of Famers, and they loved him. And that ultimately, um, that reputation brought him around the league again when he came back with the Rangers. Shanahan was there, and um, you know, I think Yager liked him previously.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as I know, they had a relationship. So.
0: But I'm curious what you think. I guess on on a to- a coach like Torrance, if you've had a coach like that. Um, if there needs to be a a significant change in the NHL locker room, uh, maybe where we're headed. Any thoughts on that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think Torrance is, like, that last, like, generation of old school. I mean, I think we've seen him sort of adapt. Like, he's become more, like, analytically savvy, but he still has, like, the benching with Dubois and Alainé and all that stuff. Like, I think Torrance is a guy who clearly has, like, an expiration date. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be there for eight, nine years. He's going to be there for, like, three or four. Uh, you know, I, I know publicly Gabbard didn't like him, uh, you know, never confirmed, but a lot of talks that Lundquist had a, had a say in him getting fired after they lost to the Bruins in 2013 in the playoffs. So
0: yeah, you'd have to think so on that. Yeah. Not
1: yeah. And Lundquist so. is a guy who, you know, deserve that kind of respect. And if he should have that kind of say in the locker room, um, you look, with Avery and like, you know, the, the, the blue stuff is sad. Cause I, I remember when he died and like, I, you know, I was still, what, I was still, I was 17 and you know, you think about it, you don't really know like the, the real details and now growing older, like, you know, we all have known people who've had addiction problems. Um, you know, I've, I've had some friends who have dealt with that. And like, it's a, it's a devil, man. It, it's the worst. And so like, you know, I think now the NHL, after a few years there, uh, where a couple of those guys passed away. And so, you know, seemingly all those fighters, so to speak, whether it be overdose or, or suicide, I think the NHL has taken a little bit more seriously, but you know, uh, Gary Bettman still denies like the effects of CTE, like from fighting and hitting and stuff like that. Like, a couple of years ago, I gave an interview. He's like, Oh, well there's not really any conclusive evidence. And like, to, oh, not, sure. take, to yeah. not take ownership of that stuff, like, um, is just like juvenile. And it's so, so just, you know, just trying to shove it under the rug and, you know, it's really sad. Bugar and I'm just looking at his like elite prospects and hockey reference. I can't believe it's been 10 years with him. Uh, back to Tortorella. Look, I think, I think, toward we see the nhl just hire the same coaches over and over again so i don't know how long he'll be around looks like he's well worn out as welcome in columbus i think that he's not going to be back next year i don't know if they'll fire him but i know his contract's up i know on 31 thoughts elliot friedman and jeff merrick were talking about that and his contract's up so they just might not just give him a new contract and make it easy um but you know avery, and look, avery was a character And he talked about how he kind of created his own character in order to, to motivate himself and all that. But it's also a super effective hockey player. And like, I I remember uh, like, there's that like 11, 12, like run, like, you know, the black and blue shirts and look, they were so easy to root for with how hard they played, but you know, how long-term is that? Like you talk about Ryan Callahan, who was like one of my favorite players ever. And like, you know, his body just broke down. I mean, Dan Girardi's body just broke down. I mean, like nope. all that wear and tear that, you know, they had to go through. And like, you think they also had the best goalie in the league in his prime at that point, why they felt like they needed to lock up a zillion shots in the game when you had a guy who was probably going to make those saves. You know right. what I mean? That's best uh, goalie in the league.
0: That's the league. You had the, his, the whole guy, the whole class of guys that came up. Uh, under Torts, right? um Callahan, Dubinsky, Girardi, Stall—four guys who, yep. essentially, yeah, they—they just played so hard. And who knows if that took years off their careers? I mean, Girardi probably should still be playing, and Callahan should probably still be playing. But... You could
1: argue it. You could argue yeah. it. I mean, you know, it just shows you the wear and tear. And then you know, ga- you know, the Gabbard trade leads to getting Broussard, and it opens up the door for other things. So. You know, you don't, you don't nix that, but Marion Gabbard, is also a two time 40 goal scorer for the Rangers. And we talked about, you know, with Mika earlier, like, doesn't just grow on trees. And, um, you know, towards is a guy who definitely wears on guys. And look at the NHL level, man, I mean, these guys are professional athletes. Like, you know, they're, they should be ready to play and motivated. And, and Torrance is that old school, you know, Newt Rockney speech kind of guy. Well, look, if you have really good players, I don't think you need to do that every single game. You should kind of just, let them do their thing and he's clearly a guy who uh doesn't seem uh seems to need to make sure that uh people know he's in the room so to speak you know with between the benching and you know he had that quote a few weeks ago with uh Pierre dubois he's like oh, i don't the last thing i want to do is bench a player i'm like fuck off no yeah, way dude. no way <laughs> no way i buy that like come on with that man like uh yeah it, he's, he's definitely got an ego i mean
0: all those guys look like it when they had him and la violette going back and forth on oh, seven yeah. i'm like oh battle of the friggin you know, <laughs> two coaches.
1: Oh, absolutely! You, you've seen all the stuff with like Babcock that's come out, and just like the ego, right. and the mind games, and it's like on kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like man, he's like you know, there's a reason that the the coach is the first one to get fired. You're the easiest one to get replaced. So like, you gotta kind of know your place a little bit.
0: Right. And on, on the vein of head coaching, this will be the last question. Just uh, in in the shortest of ways, you could you could uh, describe it. Like, w- what would you say about David Quinn? Do you think the Rangers can win going forward with him, or do they? go away they get somebody else when it's time to really get cooking here
1: here's what i'll say about david quinn i uh i loved the hire when it happened because it was an outside the box hire it was a college hockey guy i'm a college hockey coach so there's some bias there but um look i I like that it was different you know a younger guy um and, and and i and i think there's some merit to david quinn i really do i'm not sitting there just like you know dumping on him every game here's what i i've said this a few weeks ago i was talking about in the plug the blue seat blogs again in our group text um i think david quinn's an average nhl coach he clearly clearly struggles with game management um his roster decisions haven't been overly well uh done well um in game like when to shorten the bench you know when to read the situation i think he struggles with that um, it sounds like from all reports that like practices is where he shines. Like I remember like reading reports when he got hired, like after AV got fired and like the up-tempo stuff and he's so detail oriented and that's great. Like, and that's good, but like, we don't see that. And at the end of the day, it's about the games, you know, and, and you can only do so much and practice is all preparation. And, and if the game, you know, as soon as you get punched in the face and you're, your, your plan goes out the window. So I think he's an average coach. Uh, I don't, th- I'm not going to huff and puff getting like, everyone's like fire Quinn fire Quinn. I'm not going to do that because I think the Rangers management likes him. Um, and I, I think, I too. and yeah. I think, look, he's done a decent look. Pablo Bucinevich has gotten better under him. And look, Adam Fox is, I think, going to get better under anybody because he's Adam Fox. And I think he's one of the best defensemen I've ever seen. Um, you know, and look, Loth and Kako are getting there. They're still young, blah, blah, So I'll, I'll say that I don't think he's the guy, if this Ranger core wins a Stanley cup, that he's behind the bench. I think he's the guy to get to the next guy. And I think next year is the year where he really has a hot seat. Cause I think this summer they're going to get somebody, whether it's trading for Jack Eichel, whether it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, they're going to get another defenseman on the left side. They're going to make some movements. And next year, I think they should legit be a playoff threat. If not, you know, a top eight team in the league. And then you, you know, like you said, get hot goaltending. You never know if this ranger team is struggling uh you know by thanksgiving and next year and let's say they play 20 games and they're you know eight and 12 uh i think he can get fired and because i think next year is really the year they're like okay you did your development um now it's time to get them to the next level so i think he has through next year at least um and then after that i don't think he's the guy when you know potentially this group is you know going uh you know let's say three conference finals in five years so to speak i don't think he's going to be the guy to do it um I don't hate the guy he seems like a good dude like whatever but I think he's an average NHL coach so I I just kind of shrugged my shoulders at him
0: I couldn't agree any more with you and uh you know he's done a good job I think with some some of the developing whether that's his um doing or not but we'll just have to wait and see coach Connell McNeilis thank you so much for well, joining, I say joining, but hopefully this is a, a weekly somewhat thing yeah. forward. So I, I hope to see you very soon. And uh, we got to name this podcast some, some something. some We'll
1: come up with something creative. For now, we'll just stick with the Every Ranger Goal podcast. Because yeah. for those who don't know, me and Jake only kind of recently connected in the past year with some Ranger trivia stuff and messaging. But I've been watching Jake's videos since I was in college. So uh, ah. always, uh, always been uh, always a good one uh, uh, to, to, to just kind of. Saturday afternoon, nothing going on. Hey, let's watch, uh, you know, Ranger gold from 2017 in the month of March. Why not? They,
0: they are a good binge watch. I will say that they're great.
1: They're great. Sometimes you forget and you got to rewatch them. So, uh, 100%. yeah,
0: that's why awesome, I make them man. trying to, trying to, you know, remember the I uh, guess good times and the <laughs> yeah. times. But uh, and hopefully we can grab a beer at the garden sometimes yes, sometime yes, next please. year or whatever. Um, which this is great. So see you next time, man. Have a good. All right,
1: guys, signing off. Have a good one.
0: Bye bye.